Am I the Law? Welcome to Revisit and Ruin, the show where we revisit something from our childhood and most likely ruin our memories of it. I'm your host, Max, and as always, I'm joined by my co-host, CM. Hi, CM. Hi. Um, guys, we revisited the movie Judge Dredd, uh, not to be confused with the newer one. Uh, this was the movie from 95? Correct. From 1995, starring Sylvester Stallone, uh, Diane Lane. And opening narration by James L. Jones. I mean, that was pretty good. That was that was pretty good. Thank you. You uh, 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 said James Earl Jones before Rob Schneider, uh, Armando Sante. <sighs> I don't want to talk about it. <laughs> Um, uh, here's just a quick recap of this movie. Uh, we are introduced to Mega City, I believe. Correct. Yeah, Mega City. Which originally was supposed to be in the UK in the comics, and they made it New York City in the movie. Yeah, I, I mean, it was an American audience, that makes sense. Uh, so Mega City is, uh, in the future, um, uh, lots of, uh, uh, disparity between the upper class and the lower class. Um, we see that crime is, uh, 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 there's a lot of crime. Um, you have a system of judges. Uh-huh. They are all judge, jury, and executioner. Correct. Right away, even though we get introduced to a, uh, trial system later on, which... Yeah, they do have a trial system. Okay, well... That's no, only for judges, maybe? Not to get into spe- uh, specifics but yet. But anyways, yeah, the IMDb in short says, it's a dysto- dystopian future, Joseph Dredd, who's Judge Dredd, the most famous judge, <laughs> a police officer with instant field judiciary powers, is convicted for a crime he did not commit and must face his murderous counterpart. Oh... All right, well, yeah, uh, Judge Dredd, Sylvester Stallone, uh, he's like the top judge. Um, he gets accused of murder. Uh, he gets sent out of Mega City. Um, he has to clear his name. You find out he's got like a, a twin or a brother. I think it's his brother. Yeah, he wants to take over Mega City somehow with like some weird uh, albino clones. And um, a random Asian woman. Uh, yes, and we will we will get into whose the name woman. is Ilsa. Oh. German. Oh. <laughs> Ilsa. God, I can't wait to let that one go. That was weird. Get it? Frozen. And also starring the waste of space, Diane Lane. Hey, no. Now. I'm saying in the movie, I love Diane Lane. I don't like her in this. Okay, well, you show some respect for Diane Lane, please. Um, <laughs> oh, and then in the end, Judge Dredd saves the day and uh, saves Mega City. That was brief enough for a synopsis, right? Yeah. Okay, good. I'm, I'm glad I got your approval. Um, I knew you'd say that. <laughs> oh, another movie quote. Uh, uh, do you remember this movie when you were a kid? Uh, vaguely. Uh, apparently, I was confusing it with Demolition Man. Yeah. A lot. Well, well, for many good reasons, because the costumes are similar. The story is almost borderline. You could tie them together in some way. A little bit, yeah. He's again in law enforcement. There's uh-huh. a female counterpart. He's framed for a crime. Framed for a crime. Uh-huh. It's yeah. all the same shit. Most importantly, though, Rob Schneider... Is in both. Is in... Well, as is Sylvester Stallone. Yeah, because Rob Sylvester Schneider St- yeah. headlines both. Weird. Although, if I had to pick a female police officer counterpart, I would prefer Sandra Bullock. Yeah, well, she had more personality and more to do to... You know, to, like, Diane We're going to talk credit. about Diane Lane. We're going we're gonna to talk about it. There's a lot to talk about her. Um... When I was growing up, we went to see most of the comic book film adaptations. We definitely saw this one. Um, you know, it was... Here's how I want to start off, okay? We'll get into overall reactions. I just want to bring up one little specific. I don't think kids know how good they have it nowadays. What? Well, okay, think about it this way. With how much people complain about, like, you know, the DC movies or even, like, the Marvel movies... um, when the 90s, when you had, like, comic book adaptations, they were usually horrible. This is not a good apta- adaptation of Judge Dredd. Well, because they were cartoony. They didn't know how to translate yet. Well, you, they thought that comic books were still for kids. Yeah. You know, even though, like, in the 90s, you had Batman being uh, brought to a much darker place. Um, you had, uh, uh, you know, Daredevil, darker comics with that. A lot of, like, Frank Miller stuff kind Wait, of pushing are you talking it. about Ben Affleck's Daredevil? No, 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 no. Oh. Well, I mean, that... Maybe we'll go into that movie. No, I'm talking about <laughs> comics in general. That was... I just well, got chills. To be for more, like, 70s going into 80s, comics were being made more adult. And, you know, getting kind of darker content, you had a lot more violence, um, you had drugs going in, 
But even up until the 90s, studio executives thought that, you know, comic book films should be for kids. And that's what you kind of got with Judge Dredd. True. Judge Dredd is a more uh, violent comic, but this movie is very much uh, light and comedic. Because it was being torn in two different directions. You could see that there are two different visions in this movie. Oh. And they're colliding. Someone read the IMDb trivia. Um, I do my homework <laughs> for free because we're not getting paid, but we'd love to be. Anyways. Um. <laughs> Guys, this podcast is sponsored by no one. If you'd like to sponsor us, uh, write us at revisitandruin at gmail.com, please. <laughs> anyway, um, uh, so yeah, we saw this movie, um, uh, I'm pretty sure in the theaters, like every other comic book adaptation in the 90s. Uh, How do you feel rewatching this one? I felt, and we both agreed, I think at one point, it was about 40 minutes in, and I was like, or I was like, oh, that's terrible. I sound like a teenager. It was like, oh my God. No. You were a teenager. I turned to you and I said, this feels long. The movie felt long, and it was like nothing, not that nothing was happening, but it just felt like maybe the pacing was a bit slow. Yeah, it... Well, a big part of this movie is it's a little bit all over the place. Yeah. And that probably had something to do with the director wanting one thing and Stallone wanting well, another. Well, should we say what that was? Yeah. Since um, we've talked about it yeah, a bit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, <clears throat> you, can, you can go ahead. Well, the director wanted something that was faithful to the comics. Um, he wanted it darker. He wanted more action. And then Stallone's idea, and because he was the big name on the film, and probably for many reasons why the film was made to begin with, was because he was interested. He wanted it to be comedic. He wanted it to have a fun spin, which is why he had the uh, Rob Schneider character, um, who originally, fun fact, was Joe Pesci. Joe Pesci was the number one pick, but yeah. Joe Pesci turned it down. If you can't get Joe Pesci, you get Rob Schneider, apparently. Oh, man, He's that's... like the younger version of him, I no, guess. No, 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 no. Joe <laughs> Pesci is a class in himself. We are lucky that he's coming back Fine. in uh, uh, Scorsese's next film. That makes sense. Yeah. Um, Rob Schneider should not be in the same category as Joe Pesci. Well, regardless, he's there, whether we wanted him to be there or not. And turns out, so in my wonderful research, his character is actually much bigger in the comics and a villain. Yeah. He's like the head of the mutants and the, and the fuck-ups that live in the, in the underground. <laughs> he's the head of the mutants, you guys. <laughs> he's down there hacking the planet. Which would have been, but which... Would have been a cool twist to think he's a comedic character, and all of a sudden they do run into these mutants and find out that he's the leader and that this is an added obstacle. Can you imagine how ridiculous this movie well, would have gotten yeah. if we got to a point and like all of a sudden Rob Schneider like had this like duplicitous turn and he was like, I'm actually the main bad guy. Oh, well, because like, you couldn't take him seriously. No, not at all. It would have had to have been like Mike Myers. Uh, you know what? Because actually, then you'd be like, that motherfucker's crazy. Yeah, actually. I, okay, I'll, I'll get behind that. Thank but you. Mike Myers is capable of a lot more. I can also be a casting director. Uh, if you would like to hire CM <laughs> as your next casting director, uh, write us at revisitandruin at gmail.com. Um, do you want to go into... So let's let's do a little play-by-play for the okay. movie. So um, the movie opens. Okay, opening credits. I'm going to give it its first uh, uh, piece of credit. Okay. What I actually really liked about the opening of this movie is the very first thing you see, uh, you know, in like the opening, you know, like uh, studio, whatever, bullshit. They actually just show you um, uh, images of comic covers, like the actual artwork, you know, like somebody put in the time to do these comic book covers and they're like, we're going to lead with this. Um, In nowadays, people you know, don't read the comics. Comic-Con is mostly just like movies and television. People yeah. forget about comics. I could appreciate that they... Well, Marvel does that now. Uh, and before they had this live-action version of all their characters, the very, very first couple of Marvel movies in the lettering were comic book Yeah, pages. but they don't do that anymore. Now they have no, just like images stars, of the movies. Like That's what I'm saying. Names, yeah. It's like, you know, I, I found it really uh, um, respectable that they started off with the actual comic. Like, what is this from? Here you go. Um, that said, then we got into like some exposition text and as soon as you start reading it, James Earl Jones shows up to be like, his voice pops up. It's like, don't even worry about it. You don't have to read this. But it made me want him in the movie. I was like, maybe he'll be like a high court general or something crazy. Yeah. It was kind of weird that he just signed on to tell you 
What are we? It was definitely James Earl Jones, oh, right? Oh, absolutely. Um, we get into like this riot happening, uh, and then all of a sudden we get introduced to Judge Dredd. Wait, before Judge Dredd, though, the waste of space Diane Lane's there, and apparently because she's a female cop, she can't get the job done, which is an ongoing theme, and I have a big issue with it in this movie. <laughs> yeah. No, Anyways, we'll, we'll I'm get, not upset. We'll get to Diane Lane. The poor <laughs> woman's standing there. They haven't shot their guns. These people are shooting at them, and all of a sudden they turn and they go, here's Judge Dredd, and Judge Dredd comes up and is like, what's happening? Why aren't you doing anything? And she's like, we're waiting for you. Literally, she says, we're waiting for you. Well, uh, to be fair, uh, you need Stupid. a moment where Judge Dredd, the title character, comes in. He gets off his bike in giant platform uh, boots, and he proceeds to stand in his signature pose. Now, I just want to go over... Um, Judge Dredd's standard pose is, uh, it's like he was, he glanced at the comics. There's no way uh, Sylvester Stallone read these comics. He well, glanced at the comics. Well, they said he hadn't read them before the film either. So. Yeah, but I'm sure he's like, uh, well, I'm going to stand like Superman because that'd be cool. And he stands, he goes into Superman pose with the uh, with his arms, like his, uh, his fists on his hips and his arms up and his chest out. And it's ridiculous. That chest. He, okay. So that, okay. Sylvester Stallone, I'm sure, like, everything was intentional. I can respect the choice. But holy crap, his body is so strange in this movie. He stands like a ballerina that has to take a shit. Yeah. And, and he constantly, he, like, crime is constipating him. Yeah. And it doesn't help that there's this locker scene soon after that he defeats, of course, the people that are shooting back and forth during this, I guess, it's an alleyway, a futuristic alleyway, a standoff. Oh, you're talking about, like, the riot people? scene? Yeah, with the riot scene. I think at they're the, just out of, outside of, like, a building. Yeah, there's just, one building. They don't tell you where they're at, who these people are, why it's happening. Um, so, all of a sudden, they're in a locker room, and you see all these cops, or these law enforcement officers, the judges... And they're all wearing ballet leotards. Yeah. Literal ballet leotards. That's what they're wearing. And the costume for their armor is shoulder pads and a helmet. Yeah. And this leotard is supposed to be, like, super protective because then Judge Dredd shows the students that, oh, look, I'm shooting at it with this gun that has zero rules that you can do anything with. <laughs> magic gun. The magic yeah. gun. So he's shooting him with the magic gun. He's like, grenade. Uh, machine gun. There's uh, a lot of magic stuff in this movie. There's like, no rules. They basically, it's just like, you know what? We don't really care about like any believability. Everything's magic. So they got a magic gun happen. and a magic leotard. And a magic motorcycle we'll get into in a little bit. Oh, yeah. Um, so uh, Sylvester Stallone, um, he is... Uh, he looks uncomfortable in this movie. Uh, he, I think, is trying to like camp it up for like the humor. It totally is. But it doesn't read because this movie is just all over the place. Um, you know, of course, Stallone talks how Stallone does. He's a bit of a mumble mouth. But I think he actually even pushes it further. I think he's trying to like play into the Stallone character. And it just makes it... I couldn't understand a lot of what he was saying. Um, until like he would go into I am the law, which is his catchphrase, which they go into. I forgot how early he says it. I think it's like it's his first line. It's his first line. He comes on and he's like, I'm the law. Yeah, it's he gets off the motorcycle and he just goes, I'm the law. And then the second line <laughs> is uh, that he constantly says is, I knew you would say that. Are, do we have permission to just do horrible Stallone impressions oh, this entire you podcast? To. You have to. It, he... It's, I just have to imagine half my face is dead. We, it, it, Stallone's mouth does not move naturally that much to the side, but it is, it's like he disconnected his jaw for this role. It's like he ate a soup dumpling and it's, and it's still in his, like, gums. It, I, <laughs> I don't know why. <laughs> okay, I'll take it. Soup dumpling. Um, uh, oh, and then also, so here's the deal with, uh, with Judge Dredd in the comics. You never see his face. Judge yeah. Dredd is the helmet, is the uniform. But pretty quickly on, Stallone takes off the helmet. Yeah, they do a reveal yeah, shot. Yeah, she's like, oh, I don't want to wear this anymore. Boom. Yeah. <laughs> um, so that immediately kind of shits on the source material. Um, also, so you mentioned the costume a bit. Yes. Um, I'm sure you saw this, but uh, so Versace... Giovanni uh, Versace. Oh, you didn't see this? No. He actually did um, original sketches for or designs for this movie. That explains the leotards. Um, you know, we'll post about it on uh, on Twitter. But like these designs are even more like like cat suit. 
with these like giant spiked cod pieces. They are insane. Uh, apparently, they <clears> didn't. <throat> they like got them. They were like, we're not. We're not going to use this. Oh wow. Yeah. Um. But I will say this one thing: the boots he cannot walk in. No, the, those boots are the boots that kids were buying in the '90s from Hot Topic. Yeah. They were like three inch thick heels. The bottom, like the sole, probably weighed more than than the rest of the shoe. It was like five pounds of sole. Yeah. And then it was like plastic pleather, like up to your knees. I remember these, like, and they had like maybe seven buckles on it. Like kids wore this in the nineties. The funny thing is, there's one shot where he's like walking into the police station, and you can see his entire body. It's a long shot, and you just see him like walking like a weird horse, like going off to the glue factory. It is so uncomfortable to watch. And You're sure that's not a character choice. Uh, you know what? Maybe it was a character choice. Everything else is uncomfortable with him. Like, why not that? Um, uh, I'm also going to say this. So Stallone, I think Stallone is charming in his own way. You know, like, Rocky is the underdog, and you cheer for him for a reason. I think Stallone sells it. You think he's charming? I think so. I think he's magnetic. Okay. You wanna... Charming is like Richard Gere. Uh, I think he's charming in his own way. I'm gonna, or I'm like gonna stand... Patrick Swayze. I'm going to stand by charming. In his own way. I don't stand by that. Well, you don't have to stand by my words. Continue. I support you. You should support me. <laughs> I, so- support your, <laughs> I support your misjudgment. Um, Stallone, I think this is his least charming character. It is his least likable character. Um, there's yeah. nothing at all likable about his Judge Dredd. Yeah, well, because he's making decisions with zero knowledge of, of backgrounds of, like, how did this crime take place? Who's involved? Well, there's just, there's he no... He caught Rob Schneider in a, in a vending machine with pasta and was like, you're guilty. I think there's, like, one moment where I kind of like him in a way, and it's, be- actually, it's because of Rob Schneider going, uh, when they're, like, on the plane together, they've both been arrested, and they're getting transported, mm. and Schneider says something to the effect of, um, well, the law was wrong, and Stallone's like, oh, the law's never wrong, and then Schneider's like, well, you're here by mistake, <laughs> so how is that capable, and Stallone's face, that's the only time I liked him in this movie, just because it was like, oh, I'm dealing with, you know, like what what is right and wrong and, you know, the gray area. Well, you know, he was also caught off guard during that little scene because some of that was improv. Oh, yeah. Yeah, like Rob Schneider mocking him was improv. You know, good for Rob Schneider. Like, say what you will about the man, but like he does do some good work in this movie. No, he does. It just, I felt like I was watching um, Hot Chicks. The hot chick? Hot chick mixed with... I think, um, I think you're talking about a porn again. Hot chick. No. Not, not, <laughs> one where he pretends to be a woman, right? Uh, he gets turned into a woman. Okay. Maybe label him correctly. Ooh. Ooh. Um, uh, he's not likable. Um, and I'm going to ask you this. So nobody likes Judge Tread at the beginning of this movie, right? Like, people are, are uncomfortable around him. Yeah, even his, no fellow, friends. even his, like, fellow officers are kind of like, you're bigger and more um, popular than we are. Like, people respect you, but we don't necessarily... It's weird. Like, they, there's zero scenes of, like, people respecting him within the law. Well, I, I mean, I, my uh, view of it was that everyone thinks he's an asshole. Like, he is, like, by the book in every way, but everyone... Nobody likes him. He's an asshole. Then we get to the yeah. trial where, like, he's accused of murder and, like, everyone's so affected and concerned and, like, cares about Judge Dredd. That, that is the first time that that happens and, like, it comes out of nowhere. All of a sudden, everyone likes Judge Dredd. And there's that one student that all of a sudden is smarter than the rest helping them. And I'm like, why? Where did he come from? Yeah, I don't know. They, Again, Diane Lane can't get the job done by herself. There are a few, actually, I think two characters like that where it's like, oh, we don't have anyone that makes sense to do this. So we'll just push this person yeah. and we'll make this character. The, uh, the script, I'm sure, went through some rewrites probably during shooting. And they were like, you this know, doesn't make any sense. That's what it feels like. Um, so I didn't really understand the, the, like why anybody cared about Judge Dredd. Or why the one, um, what's his name? Uh, Max von Sydow. Uh, Max von Sydow. So like Judge Fargo, who's like the head head guy, who I guess is about to retire, um, is the only one that cares about him. But they don't say why. They don't say if it's, if, if it's because he's like a son to him or something. Um, we kind of get a sense that Judge Dredd was, uh, betrayed by the guy who ends up being the villain of the movie, but we don't really know why. Well, they have, like, a familial thing going on. So, yeah, Max von Sydow is the father character to, uh, to Judge Dredd. 
Judge Dredd thinks that his parents died early on in his life. So I'm guessing like Max von Sydow was his guardian growing up. Mm. You know, he got into law enforcement at the age of like three. We're making all this up. I never read the comics. Uh, I, th- I haven't the slightest clue. I think that is something from the comics. Okay. Uh, though, I think Max von Sydow's character ends up being kind of a villain. That would have been cool. Or, like, he wants to be more, uh, um, uh, have more of a dictatorship. Kind of like the that one other bad guy character uh, who's on the council. I, I have no idea. What, oh. Yeah. I have no idea what his name is, but he's forgettable and he's not Armando Sante. He's like a means to an end. He's yeah. helping the other guy get his job done. Um, Armando Asante, on the other hand, as, like, the brother character who plays Rico. Rico Suave. He, that is... Kind of a good name for him because I actually really liked Armand DeSante in this movie. He was nuts, but when it came... That's what he does. I feel like I've never seen a movie where he didn't do that. Well, he does it well. No, I'm saying it's good, but it's like, that's his thing. I I loved him uh, as Rico, uh, especially when he would have any conversation with Stallone and Stallone would you know, just be doing Stallone and they he have just scream at him. They, they did uh, scream acting. It yeah. was either scream acting or whisper acting. Because they wouldn't have anywhere, Wait. nothing in the middle. Stallone goes, uh. Oh. <laughs> Wait, I can't even get it out. Uh-oh. What does he say? He says something about, you broke the law, or you... I'm sure the answer to that uh, is, I am the law. Probably. So let's say he says, I am the law. And very quickly, Armand goes to him, law! <laughs> like, screams in his face. Uh, I'm sorry, listeners, if you're listening on headphones. <laughs> that passionate Armand Asante moment. Oh, it was so funny. Um, but I, th- I thought he was, he was uh, almost elemental. You know, like a little bit, like everything was just like, like this storm with him, right? Immediately, as soon as they introduced him. Yeah. You wanted to know more about this character, but they didn't tell you anything else. Well, they told you he was also a weird clone baby. Clone baby who had a very special jail cell. Yeah. Yeah. With like uh, hard, hard light lasers. And he was able to hack the guns around him. So he's very intelligent. He has allies on the outside, the whatever council member person. That guy. Yeah. Um, I liked him quite a bit. Um, it's weird. You remember the movie Twins with uh, Schwarzenegger and DeVito? Mm-hmm. To me, this movie was very much like Stallone is DeVito and, and uh, Asante is Schwarzenegger. Uh, Asante has like all of the charisma. He's kind of the one you actually want to be watching in this movie. Oh, can you imagine if he was Dredd? I don't think he would have been a good dread. I actually am kind of hoping that Armand DeSante comes into like uh, comes back nowadays into like the Marvel universe to do something. Yeah, you know, I, I think cool. he's incredibly talented. We uh, actually were talking about the uh, the Odyssey miniseries that he did, um, and we <laughs> should totally review that at one point. And like, I just remember him being such like a good lead of that miniseries because he has charisma. Yeah. Charisma, uniqueness, and talent. You can't fake that shit. He's got it. <laughs> yeah. Um, but so so what ends up happening is, to get back to, like, the plot, essentially, like, he ends up getting out, obviously. He's hatching this plan to basically run chaos throughout the entire city, and he reveals this massive robot, which I give him credit for. Its name, first of all, is Hammerstein, which is weird. Um, but, it's very, like, German Nazi. Yeah, but I, for me, I just think of Rodgers and Hammerstein, so I'm like, <laughs> is he going to sing? That's, I'm sure that's what they were going for in Dorio the pitch meeting. Gato, we need, Can you imagine? That is not Rodgers and Hammerstein. I know Out of it's all not, of the songs uh, that you were going to pull out for that reference, you picked Mr. Roboto. I was going for a robot feel. Well, you completely switched it up. Now someone's listening to this podcast going, what music genre am I in? What's happening? It what could movie be is in, this? like, South Pacific. Mr. Roboto? Yeah. I would love that. I've Bloody never Mary seen... would sing it in a nightclub scene. You know, honestly, you could tell me that that's what it originated from, and I'd believe you. That'd be a funny remix. Bloody Mary with Mr. Roboto, whatever the hell that song's called. There's a character named Bloody Mary in, uh, in South Pacific? Yeah. That's uh, terrifying. He's Candyman there, too? No. Oh, I see what you did. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, um, so it's a practical effect. They actually used, um, like, a, I guess a puppet of sorts. It had, like, 10 or 11 people controlling it. And I appreciate those things. I miss that from old films um, where they had practical effects. Correction, it had five puppeteers controlling it. Five? Five. Okay, five. 
But I miss the the practical effects because it gives it a bit of um, authenticity, I think, to a director's vision. Nowadays, CGI, on for my taste level, just makes it all very bland. Uh, it's cool looking. It looks, the, the idea that you can see people flying through space and things are spinning is really cool. But I prefer to see things that are tangible and that look um, lifelike. Well, especially when you see other examples of uh, what I believe was blue screen back then. And it you can tell there were problems with it back then. Yeah. And then you have this this robot, which I actually really like the design. It's one of the few things I, actually, I really vividly remember from this movie um, because it's it's pretty powerful. It's, you know, it's cool. It's, uh, there's, it's weird. It's, it, there's nothing inspired about it, but because it's so literal, yeah. you know, it's like we want to mm -hmm. make like a big dude, but it's going to be a robot. It just kind of works. No, it's cool. And I, the, the thing with it is like, so this character is introduced and then when he goes to get into action, apparently he has the one kind of bullets that can kill all the judges. Oh, we're going because, to the gun? Yeah. So, well, we're going to tie it into the gun. So the, the robot... Um, has his weapons and such. So he essentially has a machine gun and he's shooting when the war starts all these judges and they all go down like crackers, like just oh, sauteing crackers, so breaking easy. up, things are blowing up. Like they die so quickly. I was like, what happened to the example that Judge Dredd gave to all these cadets <laughs> where he's shooting it up saying grenade, no machine one. gun, all these things and all these judges can't go grenade and just blow up this one robot? Well, that's a lesson to you. If you don't pay attention in a class, a giant robot's going to come and just shoot you down. Down. Just wipe y'all out. Listen to your teachers, kids, because if you yeah. don't listen, you're gonna die on the streets. So, so there's, so again, the magic gun is useless because no one's using it at its full potential. Nobody is, except for when the villain goes into the judge room with all the other generals or whatever you want to call them, and then they also apparently have the same uniforms. They all get shot down in seconds. Yeah, everyone gets taken by surprise a lot in this movie. That's true. You know, like that one, this one woman opens up her locker and a bomb goes off. Oh, and that like was so in funny. The uh, the locker room for the judges. That She's was like, hysterical. Dee, 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 um, and then boom. I, my hope is that they picked her specifically because they just wanted like nobody likes this bitch. <laughs> And they wanted this one woman, like her last moment, to be like, oh no! Are you saying everyone hated her on set? It was like, let's blow her up. No. <laughs> <laughs> Are you that woman? Did everyone hate you on set? Oh, Write no, us on Twitter. Please don't. Um, uh, oh my it, god. It, it, but like everyone gets caught, you know, off guard in this movie. That's like that's how they set up this whole like oh all of the judges are being taken out and no you don't know who you're going to trust um uh yeah and then the ro the robot is do you think the robot was utilized in this movie well or underutilized because honestly I could have used more robot. Uh I think they used him a good amount. I think he could have been utilized better. How so? Um I think they could have established some sort of plot not plot line but a love story yeah no <laughs> like not a plot line for to to tell in the story but a, a plot within the villain's plans to actually utilize him to his full potential um whether that would be um presenting him to this council saying that we really needed to utilize this robot because i guess they didn't really define it unless i completely missed it what this robot was or where he came from i guess he was a retired soldier of some sort that they they stopped using yeah, it, um, it's kind of vague. Um, I think it's to that effect. It was used in some war or riot of the past. or yeah. yeah. I think I passed by on Wikipedia like something called the Apocalypse War. So, I don't know. Yeah, so maybe it was more of a comic book reference than anything, like a nugget for people to see. So like, <clears throat> I feel like they could have introduced that element into the story, very small element, just being like, maybe we should bring these guys back to help us since you're saying we don't have enough soldiers to protect us. I kind of also would have liked for Rob Schneider, you know how like when at the end he took down the robot, which to be fair, that's awesome. If you're going to have Rob Schneider have one hero moment, it should deal with like technology and the robot or something. But it's because Diane Lane can't do it. Well, they had someone for Diane Lane. Again, we'll get into that. An equal. But, exactly. A female <laughs> yeah. named, an Asian female <laughs> named Ilsa. Yeah, okay. Sorry. Um, wouldn't it have been cool, and they didn't have technology for this, wouldn't it have been cool if Rob Schneider, remember how he went into, like, the, like, little Dorito robot at the beginning? Oh, oh, yeah. Like, so there's, like, hiding? a vending machine robot that says you can eat recycled food. <laughs> Not an important part of this movie, but wouldn't it be cool if, like, he went into the big robot at the end, and uh, he, like, started taking shit out. 
in the robot. That's uh, a little on the nose. I think if that happened in the film, I'd go, of course this would happen. I don't know. I actually kind of disagree. I think it would have been like, oh my god, yeah, that's like at the beginning when he went into the robot. I think that would have been cool mm. and inspired, but, you know. Inspired? Inspired. Wow, that's a strong word. Well, I, I think you've used it twice in this yeah. podcast. So. Well, I uh, speaking of inspired, so... Oh, were you inspired <clears throat> by something I just said? No, I think, um, I think American Apparel was, because... <laughs> so during the movie, oh, everyone knows American Apparel, right? Rest in peace. Bye. Are they... They don't exist anymore? Uh, not in New York City. They don't oh. have a single one. Oh, they had too many controversies. Yeah. So, um, but we all know they were popular for the deep V-neck shirts. American Apparel was not around in the 90s. No, but oh, okay. I, this is where I'm going with it. Okay. So in the film, as all the climax is happening, and Rob Schneider is riding Stallone like a racehorse, and I will post a picture, there is a scene where all of a sudden these, again, magical, magical bike can fly in the air. Talk about a climax. <laughs> but literally, Rob Schneider's riding behind him, and he's like, uh, total orgasm. Making Stallone noises. Completely. But here, here, to my point about the V-neck thing, so he starts off where he steals another guy's oh uniform. <laughs> so he steals the armor and everything. Rob Schneider makes a gay joke where he's like, we don't have time for this. And Stallone just gives him a dirty look, which is really good. But then throughout the fight scene, you never see why or how it's happening. He starts to lose pieces of this of this armor that's supposed to protect him. And by the time he gets on the bike, he has a navy blue deep V-neck that I swear to God, I probably owned in college at some point. Guys, this moment bothered CM so much. The fact <laughs> that magically, like his armor that he stole from someone was just gone. It is not that important but you are so affected by it, it drives me up the wall when you have small details like that i notice small things big pictures i usually miss the point if i'm <laughs> if i'm just watching and i'm gonna notice the smallest minute detail you know i'm one of the people that notices the actor had the spoon in the right hand and all of a sudden the next shot it's in the left and the cereal bowl that was filled now has one speck of cereal in it well, uh, I'm glad that tiny little moment that is literally three <laughs> seconds bothered you so much. Um, uh, I want to talk about um, judges, the judges in general. Okay. Why in God's name would anyone want to be a judge in this world? So what we find out is, one, the judge life is very lonely, even though you are judge, jury, and executioner, and like some of the judges have so much fun doing yeah. this. Diane Lane, they show her apartment, and she's just by herself in this gorgeous place. Yeah, and she's like, I have friends, but like you never see her really you talking to anyone, except for friends. like the hacker kid. Um, that usually is a telltale sign. He's probably underage. <laughs> probably. Well, if, uh, if Dredd was inducted when he was three, this kid probably, you know, like 13. Uh, took him off the street. Um, here's the most important thing. When you retire as a judge, you get sent off into uh, the wilderness, this like desert hellscape with a uh, like a constitution. And, you know, like the book, like it's, it looks like the it's, Bible, but it's yeah. like, you know, basically like a book of laws. And you, which, get, and you get one one freebie, one um, judgment that you want to pass. Or no, like one request. A request. request. Yeah, they there just stuck go. that in. I don't even know if that was a real thing. He so was just like, like um, I'm starting this so, thing now. So like a judge could sit there and be like, um, I wish to retire because that's basically what he did. In the middle of this trial for Stallone's character, Judge Dredd, the guy to the, the um, what's his face? Scow, Sidow. Max von Sidow. Yeah, that guy. I love him. Um, <laughs> you love him enough to know his name. No, I don't know how to say it because I'm not that good. But, like, he, um, during the middle of the trial, he decides to retire. And I guess it's just that easy. Well, just he, so he can have that one request. Yeah, so I imagine a guy just going, you know what? I'm retiring now over like a cup of tea and all of a sudden saying my last judge or my last request is free ice cream for everyone. <laughs> Can you imagine? Bye. <laughs> Bye. And he goes out into the desert <laughs> with his ice cream and, and his ice shotgun and, and his a, like, Bible and law a, book. And a pleather cape coat thing. Yeah. Oh yeah. Actually that was kind of cool. That was cool. Um, I wonder if he requested it beforehand. He was like, um, I just want to make sure it's fitting. It's tailored. I it looks be... great. Actually, I hope he has it. I hope he still owns it. For Actually, you know what? It's so heavy and this world one the world seemed very small and everyone was sweaty all the time this is the sweatiest world you could possibly be in which is weird because they're in the uk they filmed it in the uk well but then the statue of liberty is there 
Well, yeah, I think it's supposed to be it's supposed like, to be New York. Yeah, it's supposed to be or whatever, yeah. you know, like group of. I think uh, they said the eastern, the entire eastern seaboard or something like that something in the like United that. States. But they did say in the movie, in the movie, they show a map of Mega City, and supposedly it's like a quarter of what the real map in the comic book is. Mega City is supposed to be huge. Yeah, I think they in like the uh, the newer film, it kind of, it feels like a bigger world. It feels like it could they could do other movies in this world. This mm. one just seemed small. Ooh. There are people on our roof. It's the fucking neighbors upstairs. All right. Well, you know, they, they live here too. I am the law. I am the law. I am the law? Um, it just seemed like a small world. Uh, everyone was sweaty and like there was a lot of leather and it just, it's just uncomfortable. Yeah. Nobody seemed comfortable in this world, which I guess is the point, but well, well done. Well done creators of Judge Dredd, the movie, 1995. 1995. So, they go out into the wasteland, and we get to the cannibal characters. Yes, that are also mutants. Yeah. Sort of. Well, In Cyborg, the comic books, there's mutants. There, I know that. Yeah. I read it. Maybe that's what they were kind of going for, because basically you have, like, Herschel from The Walking Dead oh as God. the father. Who apparently has never changed his age. Never. He looks just like he does currently in, like, Walking Dead. Or I don't know if currently, because I stopped watching it. But. Yeah, I mean, he was great. No, he's Lo- amazing. Loved him. He's great. Um, then he's got three sons, two of which are deformed. No, one is normal. One's deformed. He's got, like, kind of the cleft lip thing going on. Yeah. Um, and then you've got Cyborg Baby. Yes. And I don't, I don't want to talk too much about Cyborg Baby, except for the fact of, what the hell did that knob on his head do? So, okay, so you missed it. Oh, did they explain it? I, yes. I totally missed it. So I was just like, is Herschel, it his on we'll switch? go with Herschel. Herschel. Herschel, who they all, like, are super Christians a bit. There's an edge of, like, Christianity to it where they're like, oh, the Lord, because that's how Rob Schneider saves himself, essentially. Just, I'm just saying, Jews never have cannibals. Oh, stop. It's always Christians. Oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> um, so he he basically says, this is my son. My son's a cyborg. We made mod- modifications, so they fucked up their own child. And then he says, this little dial controls basically the level of anger or strength that he has. So that's why when the fight starts, Judge Dredd immediately just turns down the dial. (laughs) He just literally walks, he like hits him and then he turns his dial. So the guy just goes, plop, he falls over like a mic or like a... Like a toaster that just went off. It's like Batman and Robin Bane. Yes. Oh, But here's what doesn't make sense is that in the mid-fight, all of a sudden... The robot baby comes back, <laughs> and you if you look closely, again, small details here I'm seeing, the dial is turned all the way up, but they don't say who did it. I mean, he, I'm guessing he did it. So, what's the point of having a dial that he can control himself, and the dad's acting like, I control my son? Well, I don't know. Why does, like, a diabetic have their own insulin stuff? Good question. Yeah, he can he can do it himself. He's an Fine. adult. We Fine. keep calling him Cyborg Baby. We can that. do it himself. You win that argument. Uh, we get to the cannibals. We pass by there. That that sequence is the other thing I remember most vividly about this movie. By the way, it was basically the robot and the cannibals. The cannibals were interesting. Yeah, they're a fun they little were. like segue kind of. They're yeah. not that important. I just noticed on IMDb the character that we're calling Robot Baby is credited as being called. Are you ready for this? Mean Machine. <laughs> what? It sounds like an action figure, like a mean toy. Mean Machine? That's not a name. Mean Machine. Especially for, like, a Christian family. You have, like, like Jedediah and, like, and, and Joseph and Mean Machine. Yeah. <laughs> My no. favorite character in the Bible, one of Moses' sons, is actually Mean Machine. I loved him. Do you remember that story? He got trapped in the whale's belly. <laughs> Oh, you're talking about Pinocchio? No, I'm just, I don't know. I'm just bullshitting about the Bible. <laughs> um, uh, so love that. Um, I feel like it's pretty, it's in this this sequence, because this is kind of getting towards the end of the movie. Yeah. Um, not a lot happens for the first hour, and then all of a sudden a lot happens in the last, like, 40 or 50 minutes. Because they're like, we got to wrap this mother up. To the point where they introduce the uh, this Asian woman. Ilsa. Ilsa, who... Honestly, I swear to God, they must have been filming and they were like, nobody is going to know how to like make these clones. We need someone else. Okay, let's just quickly write in this character. Well, they say that she's been taking care of his clones this whole time in the background. And you never see her up until the last 40 minutes of the movie. Yeah. And uh, 
it's funny because they use her for two different reasons. They use her for the clone aspect and they use her. So Diane Lane at the end of the movie has someone to fight. And this is, this is one of, it's infuriating. To be honest, it's actually one of my favorite parts about like 90s movies in general. Everyone needs like an equal counterpart to fight. In yeah, every but, battle. But then there's no edge. There's no, like, oh, my God, are they going to get their ass kicked kind of thing, you know? Well, it's, you know, we still are, like, dealing at a time where, like, <clears throat> you know, the sense of empowerment uh, for women is only, like, you know, well, you can only uh, get one over on another woman. You can't fight a man. I mean, I think, really, they didn't want to take the risk of showing, like, a man, say, like, if she went to fight Armando Sante hit Diane Lane in the face. Oh, that would have been great. I think that would have brought up the rating, most likely. It would, um, well, it was already rated R. They had intended well, they, it to be PG-13. Exactly, that's what I'm saying. Which was not going to happen with all the blood. That's what I'm saying. Their intention was, like, to have it on the lower side. But, like, if you have, you know, a man, a grown man, hitting Diane Lane in the face, there's no way that rating is staying that low. Fair enough. But, like, I feel like then there she would have gotten the you know, the edge that she needed to, like, really kick this guy's ass, maybe to borderline killing him, and then that being, like, a really cool, like, hoo Well, you know, you they know? set up Diane Lane's Judge Hershey to she was be weak. incapable of nothing. Her name is fucking or, Hershey. Like, Hershey's chocolate. Well, it's a, I think that's a real character. Like, even in the new one, I think Hershey I was it's, the female character. No offense to the comic book writers, but, like, Judge Hershey? I mean, she's, yeah, she's sweet. <laughs> uh, oh yeah she certainly is sweet yeah judge dread brings about you know a sense of dread I and guess. then you've got her she has like your nice little I guess, afterbite you know like you could blame it on the writing you could blame it on the portrayal of the character you could you, blame it on a lot of things i don't know what it was but i wasn't caring for this female character that by the end wait are we at the end yet well, i mean we can go into her entire progression she kisses stallone at the end as if she's in love with him yeah so I mean, I don't think this is what happened nowadays. It, you know what? It, we have the proof in the pudding. It did not happen in um, uh, the, the new film, newer film that they did. Oh, hell no. Um, Diane Lane's Judge Hershey is <laughs> like, is so, <laughs> she is the uh, stereotypical uh, woman character in a 90s action film. Being pulled left and right, and, and like, zero through line. Yeah, can't can't really lead anything uh, unless it's like children um, and is just there for like absolute support. Uh, she will not fight the main boss. She will not be anything other than like a love interest in the end. Yeah. She, this is a horrible character. Um, oh, even like... I'm sorry, Diane Lane. It's not your fault. These people fucked you over. Even to be fair... Like, her partner, her original partner in the beginning of the movie, oh, gets shot guy. and, like, kills. So quickly. And at first, she's like, oh, like, you know, oh, he he died. Oh, that sucks. And then he just, she forgets about him immediately. She doesn't yeah. mourn him at all. She could have mourned him, and they could have been, like, your new partner is going to be Judge Dredd. And she, they could have been challenging each other. Because she, for a second, in the beginning of the movie, I thought her character was going to be the one that challenges everything Judge Dredd does. Because for a second, she's like, how do you know he's innocent or, 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 or guilty? And I'm like, oh, this is cool. But no, that whole thing drops about a quarter in. All of a sudden, she's not even there anymore. Until all of a sudden they show her in her apartment when the war starts. Yeah, that's another one of those moments of where it's like, oh, we don't really have a lawyer for Judge Dredd, so we'll just have Diane Lane's character do it. And, like, all of a sudden she's a lawyer. Oh, yeah. So, and that's the other thing. And we went into it a little bit before. This whole system is like, so judges can act as judge, jury, and executioner. They can kill uh, someone if they if the law... If their interpretation of the law uh, requires it, because that's that's the other thing. Like Judge Dredd sentences Rob Schneider's character to like five years in a penal colony after he just got out. After he just got out, and like Diane Lane's like, "Are you sure?" And he's like, "Yeah, I'm sure." That's so that. it's like they have absolute freedom to do whatever they want, but then they have a trial system for themselves. Like, why don't judges just like, go, like... by peers, I guess? I guess. This is... You know, there's a few things that don't make sense in this movie. That's one of them. You know what's another thing that doesn't make sense in this movie? These goddamn motorcycles. Oh. I need you to tell me, up until, um, you know, like, again, that last 40 minutes of the movie, when these <laughs> motorcycles were able to fly. They're not. They're not. They just do it at the end. They do it at the end. All of a sudden, they're going out the window, and they're just flying all around. Yeah. And it's... It, it, why wouldn't they be flying all the time? 
like they already don't work anyway. That's the other thing. Like these motorcycles, keep every one of them just says malfunction, malfunction. It's like they oh don't yeah, they're work. all broken. They're all broken, even though they have these magic guns that make ammo out of nowhere. And they could have literally they said that this was like that the judges were on verge of being no longer adequate or useful for the law. And it, it, that would have been interesting of like Judge Dredd trying to bring them out of darkness and then his arc ne nemesis or whatever, which apparently I'm guessing if I remember correctly, you correct me if I'm wrong, but it's his friend. Um, he was led to judge his friend in order to keep from continuing the clone project. And upon judging his friend, that stopped everything. No, I don't think the clone project and his friend were related up until... I just made that up then. Okay. okay. Yeah. Back to the flying motorcycle moment. Okay. This starts off... So when Dredd gets back into the city and he gets... Uh, he confronts um, Rico and the council guy for the first time... Um, all of a sudden, Dredd starts this killing spree where he starts killing other judges who are after him because Dredd, oh, up until this point, is still like a fugitive yes. or he's still like a criminal. Yes. And he starts just killing judges and he does not care. For a man whose catchphrase is, I'm the law. He's breaking all of it. He's just, well, he's killing the law. He's murdering the law in cold blood. And then and then he crashes his bike into an innocent building oh of people. Oh my god. In this moment where he like <laughs> saves Rob Schneider whose uh, uh, malfunctioning motorcycle yeah. is like about to crash into this building. He's just like, I'm gonna save the day. And he just grabs Rob Schneider. One handed. And then strong. flies away. And that goddamn motorcycle just blows up this entire building. Yeah. Wow. Was, we both started laughing and we're like, what? <laughs> it was so funny because it's like, uh, I'm law. You know, I guess I could do whatever I want. It's, it's crazy. fine. So I have to ask you, is what is your memory as a child equal to what you thought it is now? Like, were you, do you think back and go, as a kid, yeah, I totally was entertained by this. I bought every moment. I loved it as a kid. And now you're like, this shit is rank. Okay, well, I want to answer your question. I do have one other thing, though. We just haven't discussed the very end of the movie because it's so funny. Oh. So, uh, uh, Dredd saves the day. Um, oh, no, actually, you know what? Dredd doesn't save the day. Diane Lane saves Dredd. Diane Lane saves the day. Everything we've said shitting on this character, she's the one who saves the day. Yeah, she can also lift Sylvester Stallone with one hand. You know what? At the end, it wasn't Judge Dredd. It was Diane Lane. Okay, I guess you're right. So, I apologize, Diane Lane and scriptwriters. Martha! <laughs> I had to. I had to. Um, so, anyway, uh, uh, they get down to the ground, and Schneider just gets carted off. He gets zero glory for helping. He's carted off, probably sent back to the penal colony. Oh, that'd be so funny. Um, and then... Um, uh, there's someone who's like, oh, all most of the judges are dead. Our entire system is in ruins. Um, Dread, we want to elect you as like the predominant judge. Yeah. And Dread just goes like, nope. <laughs> he just walks away. He's like, I have to get back to work. I have to get back to work. And Diane Lane's like, no, no, you you can't leave. What you're just leaving. That's it. He's like, yep. So she Gotta tries. Go. To, so she tries to stop with him. Stop him with a kiss. Oh man! And yeah. that's how it ends. Such a lame moment, and he just everyone's cheering for Dread, and again, nobody likes Dread. Why does. are they cheering they for him? They fear him. If anything, if he were to become like the head guy, everyone would be living in fear. Oh my God! It oh, which would have been interesting. The end of this movie is hysterical. It is. Uh, it is lazy writing. Uh, it makes zero sense. It's. It's basically like. You know Stallone was like, this is the end, it's comedy, done. Uh, um, okay, so, so to get to back to your question, um, here's the thing. I think this is one of those movies where even when I was a kid, I was like, this is not a perfect movie. Like, 95, this was, I was, um, I was about seven or eight. Okay. I think I was old enough to know, like, this is not a perfect movie. Um, going back to it, and now, especially having watched the newer one, which is a very good movie. It's good. If you have not seen Dread 2013, I believe. I think so. Guys, seriously, go watch that movie. It's super it's, good. It's great. Um, Carl Urban <clears throat> is a phenomenal Judge Dread. Um, Judge Dread 95 is not a good movie. I, I hope never to watch this movie again. I would actually rather watch... Demolition Man. Oh, no, I definitely watched Demolition Man. Demolition Man is awesome. That's why. That's what I wanted to do the entire time I was watching it. Yeah. 
Well, you also, I mean, look, to be fair, Stallone is complimented by Wesley Snipes. You know, like, that's a much better movie. Not to get too much into that, but yeah. no, this movie is not good. What was your overall on I, this? I think as a kid, I don't remember much of it. So honestly, I think I probably saw it in passing. And I probably confused it with Demolition Man, which is why I was a little bit like, huh, which is which when it first started, the movie. Mm-hmm. I wasn't sure if I was actually watching Demolition Man without even realizing it. Um, so, yeah, I d- the only thing I remember from the movie as a kid is that robot. Okay. It's the only thing I remember. But I had a fascination with, like, practical effects, yeah. puppetry, things like that I when I was growing up. I was going to say, that up. totally makes sense for you. So I remember the, the robot, you know, because I, I did a lot of, like, building with Legos and things like that. So I like creating things, and I built puppets. So, like, I, I feel like that's what stuck in my head. We're but going back to your sad, sad childhood. Oh, my God, I'm going to punch you, you in the neck. <laughs> so, like, that's what I remember of it. So my memory isn't necessarily fond or, like... Or, like, memorable or influenced or anything. So, I don't know. I feel like my genuine reaction now is just, like, what a pile of Stallone manure. Yeah. He he definitely shat all over that set. Yeah. And all over the director from what we've read. Uh, that is now uh, the end of our Judge Dread 1995 episode. Uh, guys, um, uh, follow us on Instagram and Twitter uh, at revisit the letter N ruin. Uh, also, um, please write us a review. Follow us on whatever platform you're listening on. Twitter, um, Instagram, Spotify, Google Podcast thingamajig. You sound like a 70-year-old lady just mashing them all together. They're all different. They're all different uses. They're their own person. They are. (laughs) You are your own person, girl. You live your dream. Ooh, maybe that was a hint to the next episode. It wasn't. What were you thinking of? (laughs) I'm kidding. A Whoopi Goldberg movie? I mean, we probably could. Oh, hey, maybe we'll great. do Whoopi Goldberg next. Um, and guys, uh, again, email us um, uh, if you want. Um, revisit and ruin. I'm just going to start saying revisit and ruin. You should know you're listening to the podcast at gmail.com. Uh, CM, as always, thank you for reviewing this movie with me. Max, thank you for being you. Oh, that's nice. Uh, and guys, we leave you with one last question. Are you the law?